Welcome to Let Me Tell You Why Welcome You're Wrong. To let me tell you why you're wrong. Proof we can disagree. Proof that we can disagree. No, 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 no. That's not wrong. wrong on so many levels. And still get along. And still get along. That's fair. You know, I think that is true. I think right you're right. That's true. Uh, That's true. I get it. I'm Greg Radcliffe. My name is Morgan. Here we go, indeed. Hi. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> hey, look at the tiger. <laughs> nice. That's only funny if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, those of you who are just listening. Um, are thoroughly confused. You're going to have to just go to YouTube and check out the video. So, And then subscribe to the channel and leave some comments. And give a thumbs up, thumbs down. Do something. Thumbs I don't up. care. Thumbs down. So, how's your week been? Good? Still hanging in there? Really good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I told the other last episode we recorded um, earlier in the week, I told Cassandra that after we were done, I was like, did you know that Morgan doesn't like the Kardashians? And she goes, that doesn't surprise me. I'm like, you, yeah, see, she knows. you know that she doesn't like it. She goes, the Kardashians are crazy. I'm like, okay, I guess. She goes, did you think she liked them? I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, not that she liked him. I wasn't. I just said if anybody was going to like him, I was surprised to know that she didn't. I thought that you underestimate me. Yeah, I hope well, you feel bad. I, I I do a little bit, but you don't. It's fine. No. Um, okay. Well, hey. So welcome everyone to another episode of Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. Um, mm. As always, if you're listening, you know, uh, keep listening, <laughs> and thank you. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, head on over to YouTube, check out the videos. You can actually see what we look like if you don't know already. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, just know you can always take us with you in, in uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you're running into snags at this moment with Spotify, that will be resolved shortly. So keep an eye out for that. But uh, that's it. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, let me tell you why you're wrong.com. You got anything? Nope. Okay. Spell your correctly. So, yeah, spell your with an E. Why, like you are, not the other way with a Q. Um, okay. So before we get started on our topic today, we're going to be talking about climate today. Climate matters. This episode is, is officially titled The World's on Fire. How about yours and all things climate related? Um, so before we get started, though, let's. Uh, Let's let's pay some let's pay some bills with uh, with nothing. Let's pay some bills with some pretend money, shall we? Do you want me to go first this time? Yeah, go ahead. Take it away, Greg. So this is our not sponsored by, and uh, these are people that have chosen not to sponsor us, uh, mostly because well, we in didn't all fairness, ask them to. they didn't approach yeah. us and we didn't <laughs> ask them. So they're just existing and they're not helping our show. So this is what we have to say about them, and some of them we like um, specifically. Liberty Medical, um, if you don't know who they are, their commercials are, they, they sell, by their commercials, they're selling diabetes testing supplies. They aren't sponsoring the show, but they chose Wilford Brimley as their spokesman, and damn it if he isn't the most adorable, grumpy old man. While Wilford may seem annoyed in all of the ads, they really do provide a great service. Liberty Medical, hey, thanks for helping people with their betis and uh, dragging that old curmudgeon in to shoot your commercials. Thanks, Liberty Medical. It's an important thing, helping people with their diabetes. Get your lancets and whatever else they're they're hawking down there at Liberty Medical. If you got yeah. diabetes. Mm-hmm. And that's diabetes. I'm sorry if I'm not, I don't want to trivialize the disease. It's a very horrible thing. But, Serious. Uh, the commercials are hysterical because it very much looks like Wilford Brimley does not want to be there. Like he's like, come down to Liberty Medical. Call us. I have your testing supplies. I get all my stuff from there. I think that's just how he is because he's old. He's like, I've been alive for a long time. Mm-hmm. I had to Google if he was still alive too before I wrote that. So, and you found uh, he is yes, very good. Okay. So. Long live Wilford Brimley. Yes. Um, our other non-sponsor today is one of my personal favorites, IKEA. Ooh. They have done nothing for our show, but I really do love them. Really love them, IKEA. You go for the meatballs, and you stay because the store layout is so 
confusing. <laughs> you know, Ikea, you, you live here now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, and honestly, you've been to an Ikea, obviously, right? Yes, I've been to a couple. And I, a couple I different, different ones. They have, they have arrows, don't they, on the floor? They no, do. they don't. But their, their path, they basically walk you through a bunch of different living, like showrooms, mini, mini showrooms. And the, the few yeah. that we've been, we've been to two of them, one in Orland, one in Portland, rather, one in uh, Salt Lake, I think. But um, all I remember is that the one time we, we actually went to the Portland one twice. One time we had breakfast there, which is actually really good. Um, but we went in the, we went in like the wrong like we didn't go the normal route. And so mm. we ended up in this like weird circle around all the kids stuff. And it was just very odd. And, but we, we left with stuff. So we, I mean, we bought some things. We found some stuff worth it. So. Yeah, I've gotten some great stuff at Ikea when I can find it. What I don't like is I feel like you're shopping twice. Yeah, yes. It's like you're going through and you're like, oh, I like that. And I would like to just be able to add it to my cart instead of write right. down a, a row and a shelf to find it on later. Yeah. You know what gets me is like the kitchen area where they have like little gadgets and like spoons and and and, yeah. various, and they they have those types of things all throughout the different departments, but they're always so cheap and yet they work so well. Like mm-hmm. we have like a kitchen scrubber that we've had from there that works great. It's a Swedish design, man. Yeah. So thanks IKEA and Liberty Medical Thank you. for uh, not doing anything for us, but uh, we sure do appreciate you. So yeah, we do. All right. Hey, so let's talk about climate. And uh, I think specifically, you know, we, we kind of wanted to start with, you know, let's just talk about climate change. You know, it's a big topic in the world right now. It's a big topic in the world for a long time. And uh, see kind of where we are and, and see where maybe we have some similarities, see where we disagree. And um, what do you think? Do you want me to go first or you want to go first? Yeah. You can go. So, so I think I think right off the bat, I think the climate is definitely changing. That is not really a debatable thing. That's just that's just it. But I want to share something with you because I want to give you some frame of reference as to where I get and I and, and where I uh, where I where my opinion is sort of formed. Okay. In my opinion, all the discussion around climate change is I don't I'm not I don't necessarily argue with the science per se, right? Bill Nye, the science guy, thinks the climate's changing and it's going to be dramatic. Other people kind of are what they call client change deniers or something like that, whatever. I don't necessarily know if I fall into one of those camps. I don't want to necessarily sound too wishy-washy. But the reality is for me is that I just don't care. And (gasps) the reason I don't care is because I'm sort of numb to it all. And let me share with you something. This is the first place I went because I've been here before um, on this website. But let me share. I'm going to put some of my screen and share this with you. This is from, uh, this is from a, uh, a website. It's the uh, Competitive Enterprise Institute. But anyways, they put together uh, 50 years of failed eco-apocalyptic predictions. And if, if we look at this here, 1975, dire famine forecasted by 1975. Uh, population of the U.S. is already too big. Birth control may have been the composite. Da, da, da. Basically, the world's going to die in 1975. Pollution seeks lack of time. The trouble with its almost environmental problem, by the time you're convinced by the evidence, you're dead. We must realize that unless we are extremely lucky, everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam in 20 years. This was written in 1989. So by 2009, he would have, oh no, I'm sorry, 1969. So he would have been dead by 1989. Uh, Ice age by 21st century, by the year 2000. This is a scientist. These are all scientists that say this. Scientist National Center for the Atmospheric Research in Boulder, Colorado said this stuff. Uh, let's see. So you're oh. saying that as a human being, we've been just kind of like, you know, that speed punching bag where it just keeps coming. It's just I, like, this is going to kill you. This is going to kill you. This is going to kill you. Right. I think the thing is, is that these types of things, and now I wasn't obviously around when these were all written, but this is, I see this kind of stuff all the time. I've seen it since I was a kid. We've heard various different things. I don't remember specifically, but I feel like there's a lot of issues in the world right now. This being the main one that I feel like there is, there is accurate potentially or seemingly accurate science on both sides that I go, I, I just don't care. Yes. I do not want to, burn mattresses 
in my yard. I'm not, I don't want to see a tire fire. I don't want to see something destroyed. If there are little things we can do, I do think that smoke rising from pollution, whatever, or, or uh, coal factories or, or coal factories, you know, power plants. That, I'd love to see that kind of stuff go away just because the air is clean and breathing it in and all that kind of stuff. But as far as like the world ending, the whole, I remember I watched the, uh, the, the Al Gore PowerPoint and he predicted by, I think it was 2020, we were basically going to be dead or that, or that there's going to be no ice left in the polar ice caps by 2020. And he did that thing back in like 2004. It's just so the, the point of it all is for me. And the reason I brought this up is that I had a bunch more of them, but the, it's, if you go to that website and, or you just look online it, for me, it was just be like, I just don't care. Like I care enough to change, but I'm not going to get caught up in the fervor. I'm basically going to function how I want to, how I want to function and what I feel is right for society and, and dramatic changes be damned as far as I'm concerned, because you know, if there's a law or if there's an ordinance or if there's something great. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. So you don't care because why? Because I just don't think it's going to matter. I don't think it matters as much as people say it does. So meaning so you don't think that you don't think that it, it's truly as bad as they say it is, or you don't think that the actions of one person are going to matter as much. Uh, the first part. Yeah. So I, I don't think the, I don't think it's going to be as bad as they say it is. I just don't. So maybe, maybe I'm more on the side. So maybe I said, I'm right in the middle. Maybe I am a, a climate change sort of denier is that I kind of go, I'm denying the fact that there's not climate well, change, but that I it's going to cause us to die. I got my data from the very, very, very reliable Ron Burgundy podcast. Okay. And Mr. Ron Burgundy interviewed a specialist in this um, topic. Mm-hmm. And the takeaway for me was there's lots of science proving climate change. And there's, there's no definitive science proving that climate change is not real. Right. So until there's definitive science proving that climate change is not real, I'm a believer. And I also think that money talks and money motivates and all the money that big oil has and all the influence that they have, if there was any somewhat even believable proof or believable, I'm not even saying it would be truthful, just enough for people to believe that it wasn't bad for the environment. Those, those guys would have it out. They'd have it out there. It'd be on the media. I mean, they have enough money to persuade and get things done. And so if there were facts out there that would support climate change, not to be real, big oil would have that out. Well, and I think, so I, we should make an important distinction here because I might, I think a lot of people might fall in the same camp as me. And it's not that I'm denying that because I'm not going to necessarily, it's weird because I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you or the science, but I think that what I disagree with is the idea that this changing of the, of the climate or the Mm -hmm. world or whatever is as problematic as we make it out to be. I guess that's the big thing. So like I, I, like I said at the beginning, I think the climate does change. I mean, you can look at graphs, you look at just like there's actual objective data you can look at that says the degrees were different, but I'm not, I'm not going to make a distinction of saying, well, that change is bad or that change is good. I just view it as look, it's change. And then everyone's going to cry wolf on all these different things to get us to do certain stuff and get us to change. I mean, uh, uh, what is it? A, a National Aeronautic and Space Administration at Columbia University, a doctor from, from Columbia University was like, basically, we have a new ice age coming. Five to 10 years estimated. What? 1971. When was that? 1971 from mm-hmm. Columbia. Like, so you, you, we, we hear these kinds of, I hear these things all the time and I see it on TV. They have these doctors and they might have all these great titles and degrees behind them. And it's like, they're great. And I know they're very smart, but I, we've heard this stuff. It's been said. It's been said. Well, I think that the problem behind science is that it's done by humans and humans are like flawed by nature, right? No, no human is perfect. Right. And it depends on so many variables when they're conducting these experiments. And it can, you know, like the most truthful ones are going to have the, like time behind them. So time that they're doing their study, um, number of people or you know, like things that they're surveying. So there's all these things that they have to look at. So if somebody is just like, takes one 
instance or one scenario and then draws a conclusion like true science takes time and testing and research and you know there's so many variables that have to be checked off so let me ask you this um do you i'm trying to think of the best way i don't do you think that um oh i had a good i had a good question because you're mm-hmm. right. There is, there is a level of that that you're right. There is, there's time and stuff like that that people need to go through. Um, do you feel oh, – I'm trying to think about this. Do you, so do you feel like the climate change and some of the predictions warrant humongous changes in how we do things? Um, I, guess I, I guess the answer to that is that I don't know. Right. Because I don't feel like even if I read papers on it, I don't feel like I have enough knowledge of scientific like experiments and data to really understand all of what they're saying. But what I do think is that if there's a better way to do something that's less impactful and hurts less people or less things, then why wouldn't we do it? Right. That's good. Do you, now, what are your thoughts on this is kind of shifting gears a bit because speaking of stuff that's bad for the environment. Um, so obviously where we get our power is a huge deal, yeah. right? And I think that I'm, I, I can agree with you on this, that there's absolutely, if there's a better way to do something, I think, I think Tesla an electric car is great because I think that yeah. you know, electricity is, is going to be easier to run and it's not as detrimental. How we generate that electricity is one thing. What are your thoughts on things like nuclear power? Uh, like in Arco. Is that in Japan? It's in Idaho. Oh, There's Arco. a nuclear plant. Yeah, okay. Maybe not necessarily that exact plant, but I'm saying like just in general. I don't know how it works. Is right. that better for the environment? Well, so here's the thing. I, I don't know. And so we're both, we're, neither one of us are scientists. I mean, I, I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, but mm. I'm, so that means I'm, that's a joke reference, call back to another commercial from years ago. Anyways, I think that from what I've read about, there's something called new nuclear power. There's new nuclear power plants that they're making that are, that are actually smaller facilities, highly technological, very, very, very safe. Um, and there are ways of building them that are incredibly positive, meaning because yeah. what you see those big giants, those old school ones that have this big, you know, curved smokestacks that are just billowing out stuff. Well, that's water vapor is all they're shooting out Um, because they basically heat up water with nuclear reactions and the water shoots through and spins a turbine that generates electricity. Well, there's a lot of debate right now because in France, they get all of their power from nuclear power and it's super, it's a super clean, efficient way to do it. But there's a lot of pushback in the United States because everyone looks to obviously Chernobyl, which is, which is like built with Soviet technology in like the sixties or fifties. There was that one, there was a tsunami that hit that disrupted that one in like Japan or over in the, over in the East, the Middle East. Somewhere. Yeah. I think it has some, it's dangerous as far as like to humans and to living things. Yeah. If it gets sure. out of its container or whatever, if, it, if something, if something horrific happens, sure. But in that, in this case, one Chernobyl was, you should just disregard it because that technology is very antiquated. They don't build like that anymore. The most, the newest one was that one, I think it's in Japan or the Philippines or something like that, that it was, uh, I should have done my research on this, but there was a tsunami that hit and it damaged something and it caused there to be some fallout, which is like nuclear radiation that occurred around there. And that occurs for like 20 years, right? Oh, longer than that. Yeah. Um, At half-life of whatever. But but the point is, is that there's different, but there's technologies out there that are designed to help resolve that. I guess that I struggle with the whole climate change thing because I feel like we're all being fed different things, different... uh, grocery bags or paper straws or whatever. And also the term carbon footprint or carbon neutral and all these different things here in America. And we're, 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 they're being fed these things and feeling guilty about certain things that we're doing or businesses are being forced under restrictions that are ridiculous or more difficult or much more costly to do business here because of this lobby that sort of says, hey, the climate's changing and we're all going to die if you don't fix it, 
right? And I feel like they're they're just impeding on business. They're impeding on people's lives. Now, paper bags and, pl- and paper straws, not a big deal. That's not a huge, uh, fine. Give me a bag. I don't care. Give me a paper straw. I'll just throw it away and I'll take the lid off and drink it like normal. I don't care. But like some of the business stuff, I just feel like there's not. Uh, you kind of missed the point that you're supposed to recycle it. Oh, recycle. Or are they biodegradable straws? Oh, gotcha. You know, I think in America <laughs> as a whole, um, people get very protective over like what they perceive as their rights. Yeah. You know, and their liberties and their freedoms. And it, you know, to me, I think it's ridiculous. I'm like, use a fucking recyclable straw. What does it matter? But people will, and I think maybe even you, like, will have that stance where it's like, oh, this is almost like an entitlement because I live in America and we're free, damn it, and we can do what we want. And I think that it's not taking away your liberties or your freedom to implement like society as a whole, maybe make some changes to do things better. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, you can't, I, nobody can really argue for that. Like I'm not, everyone's going to say, be like, eh, I don't want to do anything that makes things better. Um, but I, there's this, there's an analogy that I, that I did write down. And because I thought of, I, I heard this somewhere. Sometimes I get so bottlenecked in my brain or my feelings about it, which is why kind of what I said at the beginning, I kind of just go, I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't, right. I, wish, I wish it would just stop because I, I, I have this thought that like, imagine our countries are like a cul-de-sac. All the countries of the world are, are living in a cul-de-sac in a neighborhood. Right. Okay. And we're doing the absolute best we can to be clean and energy efficient and doing the things we can. But our neighbors right across the way, they're burning mattresses and tires and all that kind of stuff in their yard. And oh, by the way, all the neighbors that are doing that, doing that, there's about four times as many of them. So at a certain point, I feel like there's no amount of good that we can do that's going to undo that. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless we can do so good that we're actually reversing things. I don't know. I and, feel like that's kind of like a defeatist attitude though. Why? Well, or I just feel like the direction should be aimed somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, like I think we're no. doing good. No. Wrong. Is that racist? I don't, I don't think it's racist necessarily. I think that in this scenario, maybe United States is the ones not that are burning mattresses. I don't know. But I'm talking China think, and India specifically. That's who the two I'm talking oh. about. Well, I think that to say you can't do good because someone else is doing bad is a cop out. Don't do, no, no, no. You can't. Okay. You can't, you can, I get distilling down ideas into basic concepts, but that not doing good. I mean, yes, you're right. There is a base level, a very simplified level to that. I'm not talking, I'm talking about effort that is impeding and impacting industries. It's, it's affecting daily lives. It's, it's creating. What effort? Give me an example. Like I don't, I, I should have, I, I'm speaking out of my rear end here as far as specific. I don't, I don't have any specifics, let's put it this way. But I do know that there are businesses, or at least I'm claiming right now, there are businesses in the United States that either have left or would leave or whatever, or who are gone completely or portions of their business have left because of whether they're in manufacturing or some sort of infrastructure that it's more costly to do business in the United States because of EPA restrictions. I do know for sure that the amount of restrictions, one of the driving forces of the house prices in California, for example, there's a lot of market stuff, whatever, but there is a, the other factor that is absolutely playing a, a part in it is the, the cost it, it takes to actually build a house because of the time and the bureaucratic red tape because of various restrictions. Now, a lot of those restrictions aren't environmentally regulated. They're not environmentally enforced, but it's those types of things. So. You're a company that makes X, Y, or Z. Well, you have to have certain, you have to have the groundwater, you have to do all these environmental things that are all extra steps that maybe not necessary to the production process, but you have to do them so that it's, but it's more costly. And you as a company go, well, why don't we just go, let's go to Mexico and we'll just do but the same thing. I think that then that's everybody's right. You know what I mean? Like that's that corporation's right. But I also think that that to me speaks to a company that values the profit over like humanity. And I think that's like where 
I see differently on this because I, from this imaginary company that you're using as your example, let's say they would make a billion dollars or let's say they would make a million dollars a year if their manufacturing plant was in Mexico because Mexico didn't have as many regulations in the United States, they'd probably make about 700,000, but $300,000 to them is enough to just, and to me, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't know, like, people are leaving. It's not hindering the profitability of the business. It's hindering how fat the CEO's bank account's getting. It's not like the Joe Schmo that's actually working in the plant is actually going to see any of that raise anyway. Well, that's, we're, we're meandering into different discussion, but I get what you're saying for sure. I, I think that that's true. I, I guess, I guess the thing is, is that I obviously you're right. It is a fictitious company. It is, uh, I am making it up, but it is very much, um, I guess it all just, you know what happens? Here's the, here's what happens. Tell me. I just, I start feeling negative towards it because I'm tired of hearing it, whether it's good or bad. Do you know what I mean? So like, so do you feel like maybe you're just exhausted with the overwhelming amount of negativity that's thrown in your face every day from all avenues? Yeah, well, exactly. So I feel like I, all of this, I genuinely feel like that's valid. Yes. So, so in that process of me hearing, okay, okay, Al Gore, because I remember I watched the Al Gore thing and I was like, huh, I guess that's, that's kind of crazy. And then nothing. And, you know, okay, things happen. Yes. But I don't think there's any way a scientist, so back to the climate change thing, I don't think there's any way a scientist can effectively a hundred percent. Now they try with models, but I don't think they can predict exactly how mother nature is going to be how nature is going to respond. You know what I'm saying? It's like these changes happen. They go, well, if this change keeps progressing, this is what generally happens. And they might be basing it off of relatively sound science, but the the ecosystem is constantly readjusting itself in in accordance with what it's facing. Because as quoted in a, in another great, very, very trustworthy source, um, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Mm -hmm. Park, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, life uh, 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 will find a way. That was a horrible Jeff Goldblum, and that was so bad. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, Your it's impersonations find a way. lately. Um, I, yeah, totally, life will find a way, but I think that life can find a better way, too. And if we can reduce, like, I think of it this way. In, my, in your house, do you let your house get really dirty? No. I mean, not, no. Yeah. Do you teach your children to clean up after themselves? Yes. Okay, so to me, Earth is also our home. And if we can make less garbage, then why wouldn't we? Because really at the end of the day, I know we live where there's still lots of farmland and there's still lots of open land, but if, if we keep filling it up with just piles of trash, yeah. that's gonna suck, right? Well, sure. So if we can, we can recycle and like I, I, I don't know. I just think like, why wouldn't you recycle when you can? I'm not saying like any, there's definitely extremes to every situation. Like I follow a gal on Instagram who up until this um, COVID-19 crisis had not made garbage in like 10 years. What? Did she go poop ever? I'd say that's Yeah. Did she reuse it? I don't know. I didn't ask about her pooping, but it's like trashes for tossers is her name. And in 10 years might be too long, but she composted she everything. No, she lives in New York, I think. Oh, okay. Um, but up until then she has had never made, she just in 10, I don't actually, I made 10 years up. I don't know how long it had been, but you know, and then because of the COVID-19 thing, she had to go get things that wouldn't perish in a day or two. Cause she used to just make fresh food every day. Um, right. um but I think that that's really admirable. I could personally never commit to that level, but following her was interesting because she showed ways that you could like, I'm not going to certainly take all of them. I can't. I just, I'd have to dedicate, I'd probably have to quit my job and to be able to do, you know, I don't have a job, but. (laughs) (laughs) Stores would have to be open. Thanks Corona. Um, You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't, I don't think that I expect anyone to be that level of extreme, but like, Recycle your cans when you can. Recycle your glass when you can. I think Idaho is really liberal. Like in Seattle, I've heard that you can, or I read on there that you can get fined if you don't sort your recycling and you can get fined if you don't put all things that can be recycled in the correct places. Like Idaho is just like, you don't want to recycle? Cool. Throw everything away. We'll take it. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, I do, I don't recite. I mean, I, I, we have the bin for it and I put boxes in there and I might throw a couple of cans in there, but if I have, if it's like snowing outside and cause our, our can is like, I have to go out like the side garage door to the thing. If I've got like a carton of milk, I just crush it up real small and stick it in the bag. Cause I don't want the carton of milk sitting there on my counter and I don't want to mm-hmm. walk outside cause it's cold. So I just put it so, in the garbage. So do you have a jacket? But I'm like maybe I have, maybe I'm barefoot and it's cold outside and I'm wearing like my shorts from sleeping. But that's how much I don't care because I'm just like whatever. I mean, so I I won't not do it. I'm just not going to put a lot of vigor into it. And I'm not. You're just to not going to do it if it causes you any level of like no. discomfort or not any level. If it's gonna if it's because I could theoretically just throw everything away. But I have a whole. I have a whole. Have you ever seen the the show uh, Bullshit with Penn Tell Penn and Teller? No. They did an episode on recycling and they talked about recycling and they, cause they, he's, Penn's a pretty smart guy, Penn Gillette. Um, but they did some actual research. They talked to some different people and I've heard from other people as well from my different podcasts of like actual like doctors, here we go again, or scientists. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, recycling on a whole is usually more costly to the community. San Francisco is the model that they use cause they have a really robust recycling program but the amount of carbon emissions and the amount of uh, return on what they have to do is dramatically lower than if they were to just take it to a landfill. So it's, it's more detrimental to a society to recycle a whole bunch. And now granted, I saw that episode was an hour long and it was done by Pendulette and Teller, the two comedians slash comics. Well, here's the deal. I think at this point in the world, Anything's a fact if you want it to be. Yeah. Well, and it fit my narrative. So I let it, I, I, that's what I, and I, I don't know because I haven't seen Penn and Teller and I don't know what their qualifications are. And I don't know what San Francisco spends on. And I don't know what San Francisco's carbon input is, but I would, I, I have a hard time believing that it's more detrimental. I, I would say if the pros and cons, I don't, it's hard for me to believe that the cons outweigh the pros when it comes to recycling. Sure. I mean, and people, it makes people feel good. So I have no problem with it. I, I don't have a problem. I'm not like, it's, it's a lot of things. It's like, I don't feel like I'm against it. I just go, if I'm going to do it. I mean, this goes back to, I think when we did a couple weeks back or a while back, actually, um, like the diet thing, mm-hmm. people do certain things and they say it's great. And they go, well, if you could, you know, but you know what? I still like cake. So in this case, I, but I think that in this instance, we share the world. Yeah. Like the, what you put in your body, what you decide to eat only affects you. True. But we do share the world. Now I will tell you just because I, we kind of mentioned, you mentioned nuclear power, but like I, we have solar panels. Which is great. I mean, just from a cost actually, perspective, isn't that better? Um, I don't know what it is in other States, but in Idaho, you pay $5 a month for Idaho power to convert it. Right. You know, the only thing I, my only complaint is that when power goes out, your yeah. power goes out too. Idaho power turns off your power because you're on their circuit. That doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right to me, but. Well, I know that in like California, like they have all those Teslas or not Tesla, but uh, I think it's Tesla is doing all those like battery powered houses or whatever. Or what about like wind power? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how effective wind power is, but I know down in, down in like the Palm Springs, Palm Desert area, there's going from Oakland. Um, I think it's Oakland. No, no, it's not Oakland. I'm sorry. Going from, I think it's Ontario, wherever it is. Yeah, I don't know where things Fresno, are. Whatever. In that area, when you're going into Palm Springs area, there is seas of those windmills. Um, different ones, like it almost looks like different people own different farms, it's like different height and different shaped ones. But there's tons of those wind power things because I guess it's a really windy area. Well, and you know, honestly, like so, from my understanding of solar pa- panels, when they're in, if they're on your home, like Idaho Power is giving incentives to people to get solar panels because oh, really? they're, from what I understand they're running out of power and that's why power is getting more and more expensive. And if you're, if you drive like 84 out towards mountain home, I have noticed there's like a new section where it's a ton of solar panels. And I think they belong to Idaho power 
because I think they have, they're starting to have to use other ways to generate power. And so they like, they appreciate it when people are making their own. Mm -hmm. Because if you have X, if you have extra power, you sell it back sell it back to Idaho power Hmm. that your family doesn't use. Do you guys ever have extra? I mean, they buy it back from you for like pennies on what they would, they charge people for it, but. Something. Yeah. Um, we didn't this year just because you had to fill out a lot of paperwork and we're lazy. That is your version of my recycling. Only mine's more detrimental to the rest of the world. But I get, so I'm saying I I get that. I power keep my money. I get that. I get that. uh, I get that uh, impulse. So I guess, I mean, I think we, I think the thing is, I don't necessarily, we, we definitely disagree, I think on sort of maybe the scope and how important the level of importance we should place on climate change, right? Would you say that's fair? That you were in different spots I, on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's pretty evident. Right, okay. That I have a heart and you don't. <laughs> I think I had a heart at one point. I just think it was beaten out of me by all like the, me getting worked up over stuff and then having to go and turn into nothing. Like, I'm not saying I wanted it to turn into something, but these people saying, oh, we gotta do this, or this is gonna happen, or even the stuff that I'm, I just read at the beginning. like. It's we've been, we've been about to die all the time in the world, right. and it never happens. So I just kind of go, look. But I, you understand that one day it will on happen. Fire. Like one day it will happen. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. And I guess I'm not going to purposely. No, I'm saying like I will die, but not because of some. I'm going to die because of just time and my old age. I mean, I'll I'll live to be at least ninety five, but. Um. No, but I mean, like, as far as all this stuff goes, like, I don't think it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do something to deliberately, like, be overtly rude to the environment. But, like, basically what I started doing, what I'm doing now, my level of effort now on keeping things clean, I'm not chucking trash out the window. I'm I'm making, I'm not going to make the world worse per se, but I'm not really going to go through a bunch of extra stuff to make it better because such and such said, well, you better do it or else bad things are going to happen. You know, you know one thing um, that I've been seeing a lot on social media that I think a lot of people have probably seen, seen is that um, people are posting a lot that now that everyone's quarantined across the world, yeah. that things are clearing up. Yeah. So part of me was like, wow, that's really, that's amazing. Right. That's so cool. The air is getting more clear. Like canals are getting more clear, but you know, it's kind of one of those things where I don't want to like rain on anyone's parade, but there's a flip side to it too. Like, um, for instance, because of the coronavirus, England um, was going to put a ban on plastic straws, and that's pushed back now. Yeah, but the plastic straws, what that was from a turtle? Yeah, I don't know. But it's more than just that. But like, it's like how much more disposable stuff has been used, how many more gloves and plastic mask or plastic gloves and masks and how many um, one time use things are being used for people that are doing like home delivery of stuff because they're not going out and sitting in the restaurant, you know, like there's actually and then even from hospitals alone, there's so much more, which they obviously don't have a choice they need to use it right now but like there's so much more protective and plastic and stuff being used there that it's like there's one good upswing but then like there's more trash being produced right now right so i don't know it's i mean that makes sense obviously i'm not that's i just don't care (laughs) i mean i know i care about this conversation but it's just become so tiring (laughs) There's so many, so many, so many things like this that are just so tiring that I just, like if so, if they were to, I like, I went to, when you talked about Seattle or I, I, my frame of reference is Portland. When you go to like a fast food restaurant, you've probably seen this. There's a, there's a garbage can that has like five different slots in it. And so you, you have your tray of food and obviously the stuff you can keep, you keep there, but then like, you're like, okay, you have to kind of like take a second and maybe it becomes second nature when you live there and you kind of just know but I'm thinking, I'm like, I got to sit here and figure out where to dump all this crap. Like, I mean, Greg, what you told me that you got a scholarship in the last episode. Yeah. So I know you're a smart guy. Yeah. I think you can handle a trash can 
Like when you, do you have one of those dividers for your laundry where it's like colors, whites, and you just look at it and go, no, we we just have one basket. Oh, I divide up, but I see, it's not so much like I, 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 and here's the thing, here's where I'm different. I think than maybe some of the the crazy people out there, because I'm not so mad at it that I'm going to start pushing back against it in the sense that I'm going to be like, you're, you're liars or whatever. I try, but from what I understand about some of this stuff, because I also think I, as I'm, as I'm thinking about this, I go, this is just annoying. Like if I'm in a hurry, I'm like, okay, uh, okay. I'm going to be right there. Hang on. Let me, all right. That's just shit. Can I psychoanalyze you? What? I think you're disassociating from problems in the world because it's too much to handle. No. no yes. I can handle a lot. I think I'm just, dis- I'm done. I'm done. I'm disassociating from this because I feel like it's pretentious nonsense. I feel like a little bit of that garbage can. I don't think that they actually do care about that so much as they want to sort of almost like a uh, virtue signal that, Hey, look at that. Divide up. Because what I understand about recycling is that, because we've seen it from our recycling people here, they send out this newsletter. What is it? They say, if you have like, let's say you throw away a pizza box, right? You can't, pizza box is made of cardboard. You can't put that in the recycling because it's got meat juice or meat grease all over it. They have to then take that and throw it in the garbage. There's, if there's food left on the inside of a cotton sheet, cottage cheese container, they have to take that and they have to throw it away because it's got Well, who doesn't box. rinse out their stuff before? I know, that's it. what I'm saying. I rinse it out. But all I'm saying is, is that, you mean to tell me this entire batch, if, if, I'm, if I'm sorting it for you, which is fine, and everybody's sorting it for you, but let's say somebody makes a mistake and some, some soda or some cheese falls in there, or some mayonnaise falls over a bunch of stuff, they, that, now, that whole batch of stuff now has to be thrown out. And at that point, what does that mean? Does that mean that then on the other end, this bag of, of plastics only or whatever is going to be sorted by somebody else? Is somebody checking it for mayonnaise? Or do they just run it through the machine and they go, we're testing, we're seeing there's contaminants in this batch. Well, got to get rid of it. And how big is that batch? You know what I'm saying? I'm just feeling like it's much ado about nothing because what are they going to do? Are they going to make playground par- you know, bark out of it? Yes, they do. And they make playground equipment. Super, which is great. So I just feel like I look at the, the and this is a lot of this is actually also informed by some of the, the research I've done on recycling. And not recently, so I don't have anything to quote here. But from what I understand mm-hmm. is that because it's more costly, I'm thinking, great, so we're spending more money, we're emitting more carbon stuff into the atmosphere, we're using, because all these things are, are sorted and, and, and organized by big giant trucks that are all burning fossil fuels. I mean, yes, if they were all electric vehicles crushing this stuff, I might feel a little bit differently, but like it's, you know, they're sorted on these boats, these big trucks come down, brrr, spraying exhaust everywhere to pick up this plastic, half of it can't be used, and then the other half has to be processed by this procedure that ends up wasting the other half of it. It just seems like a lot. And I'm just going, wow, I think. And, and, and these programs are being subsidized by the cities or the areas or the states that they live in or even the countries. So they're in a business. That's fine. But we're all paying for that. And we're all subsidizing that because we think it's good. The burger joint doesn't give a crap about the different. They just go. They just know they got to put different trash cans out in their lobby or else everybody in Portland is going to stop going there. They maybe don't give a crap because in Idaho, in in Seattle, there's laws where you can get fined if you don't give a crap. So if your argument is that it's a burden financially to the people, then they should make better laws so that people actually have to adhere and the money isn't being spent in vain. Right. Well, they should. But I think that, again, I think the laws were created to, again, virtue signal as well. Because somebody who is a, who has three kids, they're all going to private school and they have a house and she's, she's uh, in the state senate or whatever – or as a congressman of, of, of a state, she has to then keep going the next year with her job. And so she has to say, yeah, remember that environmental bill? I thought it was really important. So I made sure it passed. But if you look at the details, you're like, oh, you mean that environmental bill that ended up costing the entire state $75 million worth of extra vehicles and did XYZ damage to the environment beyond. What but isn't the, aren't these made up numbers? You don't know if it actually costs. No, I don't. I, well, I do know, I do know in some places it, it has been shown to, but again, I don't have the numbers. I guess that's the point though, is that the people who want you to keep recycling won't say it will. And the people who have science going the other way say it does. So it's like that meeting of the two worlds. And that's where my brain goes is I go, okay, I hear both of these things and I'm not saying they shouldn't make the laws, but if it's going to cost them money, I think they shouldn't, but they say it's good. They say it's not. I think I've been that told I was going to die since 2000. Where we have the, 
the disconnect or like what I don't agree with is that I don't think that the cost of it money wise <clears throat> is a problem. Like to me, there's also a cost environmentally. That's true. But again, I so also to me, don't... it's like, mm, I don't know. But our neighbors are burning mattresses. Remember? And but there's four those times are fake as many neighbors anyway, Greg. They're burning mattresses. They're burning shit. They're filthy cities. They're You're filthy. burning my heart. You're burning my... I, uh, I will tell you what. Um, when it comes to climate change, I'm just, I just get tired. And I probably should do a better job because we are sharing this world. So I can, I can come... I can, as I say things out loud, I say things sometimes in hyperbole or, or mm-hmm. grandiose to sort of be silly or whatever, or emphasize a point that maybe doesn't necessarily need to be emphasized, but it's, I get that there are some things that I probably should be doing. I certainly don't convey these values onto my daughters. I don't sit there and preach to them like, Hey, it's big business. That's really driving this. It's not really actually going to do anything for the environment. I'm not that kind of guy. We got to recycle cans. We put them in the recycle bin. Um, I occasionally will throw something away that's plastic, um, more than just occasionally, but I don't do it deliberately. I do it because I'm lazy and I certainly don't show it to my girls. And if they have, you don't make it like ceremonial, like look at me not recycling. Yes. I don't, I don't do that. And certainly, you know, we'll participate in programs that need to be put out the recycling all the time. I, I go to Costco, I get the big boxes that Anyways, side note, at Costco, do you ever wonder where they get those boxes manufactured? Because they have, there are some intricate freaking boxes sometimes when you're trying to break them down, you know? I don't have a Costco membership. Oh. Well, they just use boxes that, like, produce is shipped on. So they're, like, these really mm. heavy boxes. Yeah. all your groceries. Anyways. <sighs> I don't know. So, evidently, 20 years ago, we were going to die. And every year we, as, before that. I mean, this might be true for all generations, but like we've been supposedly the world's going to end multiple times throughout the time of us growing up. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say everybody can kind of relax a little bit, but I also think it's fair to say, and this is kind of a, a, an olive branch to, to your side, is that, look, how hard is it really to make some small changes that can maybe improve some things? Whether the science goes one way or the other, it doesn't matter. Hey. Let's not just be filthy. Let's be. Oh, I was like, that's what I've been saying this whole time. No, I, that's what I'm saying. As an all, so as much as I'm like, <laughs> I'm saying I'm, from my perspective, hey, yeah. let's all calm down. Let's stop getting so mad at each other over this crap. Okay. Of course. And on yeah, your side, let's, so just, let's just be, let's just not be filthy. And you know what? If you're not doing anything right now, maybe you could do something. Because Just do one small thing. Pick one thing that you can manage and do that. Yeah. All right. Have you seen that thing, the Trash Island? No. It's out in the Pacific. Oh my gosh! You should Google it. There's a there was a guy on Joe Rogan's podcast that was that was that was developing technology, but it's basically this like base an island, more or less. It's like a, a layer of trash out, of garbage out in the ocean. So it's you layers. know about Trash Island? You've seen it, and you don't think we should do our part? I don't think. Listen. I'm not convinced that recycling is going to be the best option. I'm saying I don't want to see garbage in the ocean. Of course not. I don't want to do that. What do you I'm not hate dolphins? Because <laughs> they you know, did people? you know? Did you know? Did you watch that special? <laughs> I did. <laughs> how are you not running? Dolphins. How are you not running around out there right now? <laughs> dolphins fuck people. Dolphins rape. Let me tell you, dolphins have sex with us. <laughs> Uh, for those of you unaware of what we're talking about, that's Crystalia's special. Crystalia is a comic uh, called No Pain, streaming now on Netflix. I don't know why I'm plugging it like I freaking know him. I will tell you, I have to, and I don't care if Crystalia hears this, which he never will. I think he's so funny. And then when he came to Boise, we went to see him. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely just like workshopping, trying some jokes out and like yeah. giving it like about maybe 60%. Sure. Well, you got to figure that's rude. Yeah, but But I think it wasn't sixty percent off. Right. I feel like with comedians, sometimes I I have to because I I want to do an open mic night one time, but I do feel like they they should toe that line a little bit better. And I hear some comedians talking about well, when I'm on the road, it's like because you're almost basically watching them rehearse. 
it's like watching an actor in rehearsal, you know? Yeah. But at the same time too, there are some comedians that I think do it well. They're like, okay, we're going to sprinkle in some, some, some new stuff. But when that, when that doesn't go as well, I can work that joke and then I'm going to hit them with a classic. Yeah. Know, a good one, a proven one. That's unfortunate. Cause I do think Chris Lee is really funny too. Yeah. I, I didn't know he had, I was super excited jokes. to go see him. And then I will tell you his opener was funnier than he was in Boise. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That's funny. But you know, the opener is trying to prove, you know, which is probably good for the opener. Right. Cause Chris yeah, Lee has something to prove. Chris Lee, well, he should have something to prove. Uh, I guess it's true. But versus his opener, his opener's like, Hey, opener crushed. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. All right. So, so Chris D'Elia, if you're hearing this, you need to come back to Boise and you need to not phone it the fuck in. Yeah. Bring your A game or at least B game, bro. Yeah. We love Please. comedy. Boise yeah. is some of the best audiences you'll come across when you do well. Yeah. There's not very many comedians that come. Jerry Seinfeld came through here. But tickets were a million dollars. Mike Birbiglia came here. Um, Ryan, ha- Ryan Hamilton came here. They come here a lot. Oh. Maybe I'm just not hip. Yeah. All right. So as far as climate change, climate, not even climate change, just climate in general and terms and, and, and uh, stuff around it, where can we, I think we kind of talked a bit about it, but where can we agree? That- well, I think we can agree that um, I have the moral superiority in this there topic. It there it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure that we can 100% agree on that, but I certainly can agree with the fact that uh, you know what? I think we, we all could probably stand to do something, whether or not your neighbors are doing it. If your other neighbors were jumping off bridges, would you want to do that too? I'm using my own analogy against me. So if, my, if our right. neighbors are burning mattresses, you know what? Maybe we should pick That's up an the extra old, cup of The yogurt. old trusty parenting thing. If your yeah. friends burn down the house, would you do it too? Right. So, all right. Well, hey, that's all I got. That's all you got. Be good. That's all I got, bro. Okay. Well, hey, thanks everyone for listening. Remember, check us out, follow us, share this. We got more episodes coming out later on. Uh, so subscribe and follow whatever you're going to do.